My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting bringing feminism into the bedroom for more pleasure, how to eat pussy like a pro, and what to do if you're a rookie in this department and want to start out on the right track. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and we are going to explore these topics and more today. Later, we'll hear from Dr. Megan Fleming, and I'll share a special toy shopping discount code for you listeners only. First, I'm so thrilled to welcome Dr. Allison Ash to the show. She's a sexual empowerment coach and educator who has been exploring the intricacies of sex and gender for the past decade. She's also a sociologist with a PhD from Stanford and a champion for overcoming shame and deepening pleasure through radical self-exploration and courageous self-expression. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So I know you grew up not learning a lot about forming healthy relationships or intimacy. I'm curious what you recall learning about sexuality early on, like in your childhood. I have this very distinct memory of being on the school bus in first grade and having the eighth grade bus monitor describe it to me as a pencil and a pencil sharpener. This might date me a little bit, but you know, in the classrooms, they used to have those pencil sharpeners that you would crank to sharpen your pencils. Totally. Oh, uh, so it was just not a, uh, a very pleasant image to have is my first idea of what sex could be like. Oh my gosh. I've, you know, I've asked hundreds of people that question and I've never heard anything quite like that. Yeah, that's pretty, you know, I've heard a lot of interesting things and a lot of them don't sound pleasurable, but the ex- the pencil sharpener just sounds painful. Right? <laughs> I can only imagine what my mom had to try and undo in her explanation <laughs> of sex after that. <laughs> no kidding. Jeez, my goodness. I know that you're also a rape survivor and and had to deal with sexual assault in your teens. I'm curious what helped you heal from that? I think my path was a long one. It wasn't a quick process to moving through healing. And a lot of it for me really centered around my process of reclaiming my own feelings of empowerment around my sexuality and my sexual expression, and then starting to teach and help other people. And I think that's the final step for folks overcoming trauma is when you can start to help others who uh, are in or have been in the same place that you have been, or even better to be able to help folks avoid situations in which you've experienced trauma. Absolutely. Was there a specific turning point where you had this epiphany that you wanted to, you know, really commit your life and your work to to helping others in these ways? Or was it more of a gradual process? Well, while I was at Stanford, I was teaching undergrad courses and One of the courses I taught was Sex and Love in Modern Society. And we take a sex-positive angle to looking at all sorts of different topics related to sex, including sexuality throughout the life course and sexual assault and BDSM, sex work, pornography, uh, so many topics. And 
What was really inspiring for me was to see the ways in which my students related with this material, how it impacted the conversations they were having with their friends, their partners, their family members, and uh, the conversations that I would have with students years later, where they would share with me how the course has continued to impact them. And so it was in that moment where I really realized the impact that teaching can have uh, in terms of creating real life change and there is no turning back after that. Mm, that is so beautiful. And I know your research also, you said, showed ways that people are disempowered around their sexu- sexuality. And I know there are probably many different ways. What are some of the kind of prominent examples? Sure. Well, one of the papers I published looked at orgasm differentials. So why are college women orgasming less often than college men in every kind of social situation, whether it's a hookup or ongoing hookup? or a relationship from a social perspective. And that kind of a pleasure gap is a form of sexual inequality that points to disempowerment. Women are unfortunately not encouraged to self-pleasure. They don't know their bodies as well as men tend to. And uh, while we are allowed to engage in casual sex without getting the same reputational costs as we would have you know, generations before, we're still not entitled to really prioritize our own pleasure and to uh, verbalize what it is that we want and ask for what we want. Mm, yes, powerful. I love the way that you said that. It's so true that there is this gap and also that so much of it comes from, because I think there's a misunderstanding that it's because, you know, women are built that way. You know, women just aren't as orgasmic or as sexual. And that is so frustrating to hear and, and that so many people buy into it. And I think it can be kind of self-fulfilling. Do you find that people's what we are taught tends to then kind of uh, make its way into whether we're able to experience pleasure? Without a doubt. And I can tell you the hardest way to orgasm is to try. <gasps> and the easiest way to orgasm is to try really hard not to. <laughs> so whenever I work with clients who are exploring their issues with orgasm, I tell them to take it off the table to edge, meaning like ride the edge of orgasm as hard and as much as they want, but to not allow themselves to orgasm and to see how much pleasure they can experience when that pressure of orgasming is off the table. It's amazing how much that can just shut people down. That is so true. And not to go on a tangent at all, because I I really love this topic, but you just reminded me of something that I've been writing about, which I participated in an orgasm MRI uh, experiment where I self-stimulated in an MRI machine. And when I went in, I didn't realize I was going to be in the position they put me in and and that I'd have to be very still. And there are all these factors that told me I was not going to be able to orgasm. So I told them, I'm so sorry, but you know, I just don't think I could be able to come. And they were like, it's totally fine. If you don't experience orgasm, then it'll still be helpful. So I took it completely off the table. And then I came twice. So (laughs) <laughs> exactly yeah. what you're saying. It's it that's so I've never heard anybody put it that way, but it makes so much sense because relaxation is a huge part, right? Relaxation is huge and also um being really present moment and in the body. And so when somebody's trying really hard to have an orgasm, they're in their head and they're no longer focusing on the sensations that they're feeling in their body. Mm. So kind of in a nutshell, what does it mean to be a feminist in the bedroom? I would say that uh, there are four components to being a feminist in the bedroom. The first is feeling fully entitled to say no. And uh, I often ask my my clients, 
if they feel like they have full access to their no and and they don't. And if you don't, then your yes is meaningless. And so we really want to make sure that our yeses are meaningful are meaningful. And so we want to have access to our no. Uh, the next is knowing yourself. Uh, being a feminist in the bedroom is so much about knowing your, what your edges are, what your fears, your desires, your wants, your insecurities. Having that kind of self-knowledge is really empowering. The third aspect is expressing yourself. So learning how to share all of that vulnerably and courageously um, from a place that can create intimacy. And from there, that can be really empowering. And then the last piece is to help our lovers and partners explore and express themselves um, so that we can both be engaging in this process together. I'm really fascinated by what you said about having access to our no. Could you explain kind of what that means and how do we know if we do? Yeah, totally. Um, well, having access to your no means that you actually feel entitled to say it. And sadly enough, most of us don't. And it's not just in the bedroom. It's also in the boardroom. It's with our family and our parents and uh, our children. All the time, we feel like we have to say yes. And the more that we feel like we have to say yes, the less excited we're going to be about it, the less in integrity we're going to feel with our actions. And so one of the things I talk about is how can we say no and redirect towards what we do want or redirect towards what might make us a yes. So for example, if somebody says, hey, Allie, can I take you home tonight? I might say, no, and I'd love to go out on another date with you. And there's a true and in there and also a very true no. And it's my way of feeling in integrity with both. Ah, I like that. That's awesome. Because I think we do also have this idea and we're kind of taught that if we say no, it's mean somehow. And not only is that not true, regardless of how you say it, but that you can say no and still be very respectful and and to the other person. And if you're concerned about other people's feelings, that's still okay. But having those boundaries. Totally. And if you want to say no and lovingly close the door, one of my favorite is no, and I'm really flattered that you asked, or no, and I really appreciate the courage it took to ask. Because, mm. you know, in the end of the day, we do want to celebrate people having desires and having the courage to ask. And there are loving ways that we can say no when we're still a very firm no. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And would you recommend kind of practicing that muscle and working that muscle in you know non-sexual context first, or is it just kind of be aware of it in general? Yeah, actually, that's something I tell folks all the time is tell your trusted few, whether it's your friends or whoever are the people that you can go to and, and share what you're vulnerably working on and say, hey, I'm exploring saying no, and it's really hard for me. And so I might be saying no more often in our relationships, and it's because I feel safe to do so. And if it doesn't always land right, like I would love some feedback because I really care about both being true to what I mean and also I really care about our friendship. Mm, beautiful. I love that. And diversity of touch. Tell us about that. Yeah, there are so many ways that people can touch each other. And uh, as a scientist, I always want to offer people it in this kind of perspective because I think it lands really well. So there are three different variables that you can change that can impact how you touch someone. The first is intensity. So how hard versus how soft. The second is uh, pace, so how fast versus how slow. And the third is region, so that might be like where on the body or also might be like are you using a large surface area or a very small amount of skin. 
And so when you're exploring the diversity of touch, I always say, why, change one variable at a time to see how that impacts someone. Don't change all three because then you're not gathering very good data and you're not really sure what changes are impacting how someone might like to be touched. So if you're stroking someone on the arm, maybe start with like a light feather stroke and start light. And, and so one game that I offer is called the this or that game. And then this or that game works really well with this kind of exploration. So I would say, do you like it like this and stroke lightly? Or do you like it like that and stroke more, more firmly? And the person could say, I like it like this or like that, or I like both or like neither. And so if you were to say, oh, I like it like that. Okay. Then I know you like a firmer feather stroke. So then I would say, okay, do you like it like this and do that firmer stroke a little faster? Or do you like it like that and do it really slow? And you could say, ooh, I like it like this. Okay, so then I know you like it firm and fast, at least today in this moment. Because, of course, we want to realize that fluidity of desire, right? What we want always is changing. But it's a really good way to start getting an, an idea of what kind of touch people like. And also from there, how you and where you want to explore. I love that. And I love that it sounds so fun. Whereas I think sometimes there's fear or anxiety or stress around talking and communicating about sex or what we want or how to tell what our partner wants. And I I love in this context, it sounds really enticing. Oh, yeah. Sex should be fun. I mean, it's also messy and scary and vulnerable and all sorts of things. And in the end of the day, it's about pleasure too. And if it's not feeling fun, then that's a really interesting and awesome place to start exploring and figuring out what can have you feel more empowered so that it can be more fun and explorative for you. I love that you teach workshops on these topics, both on how to be a feminist in the bedroom. Another really awesome one, which the name just makes me so happy, how to eat pussy like a champ. What inspired you to create that workshop? Yeah, there's actually a a porn out there. It's a free porn called How to Eat Pussy Like a Champ. And um, the first person is this sex ed, amazing educator named Nina Hartley. And I watched this years and years and years ago. And I learned more about my own pussy than I had ever known before. I became a better self-pleasurer from watching this and definitely a better pussy eater. And then the next three people are gentlemen, and I didn't learn nearly as much from them. And so I had always had this fantasy of just having like an all-female panel of women, queer women, who have both the insider and outsider perspective about what really is champ quality pussy eating. And so I gathered a bunch of friends for Burning Man one year, and we put this event on at Burning Man, and we literally had to like turn people away. It was just so well attended and we knew we were onto something. So we came home to San Francisco and we created How to Eat Pussy Like a Champ. And it has been incredibly beautiful to see how empowering it's been for givers and receivers. And I think that that was really what surprised me the most was how much has impacted receivers. Um, we've had several women talk about having their first multiple orgasm directly after after our workshop, and uh, a few who have had their first orgasm from oral uh, right after our workshop. So it's really powerful. Wow. And you talk about being an active receiver as well. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So sex is a collaboration. I mean, I know that that's like my geeky side coming out, but really it's about co-creating the experience together. And 
Uh, and it's the same even with oral sex. It's not like somebody is giving and the other person is actively receiving. And so being an active receiver um, is a is a, I'm sorry, it's not like someone is passively receiving, right? So being an active receiver means that you're asking for what you want. Uh, that that can be verbal or nonverbal. Maybe maybe you're pushing somebody's hand or head, or maybe you're talking about it before, or you're talking about it after. There's all sorts of ways. And in How Do You Pussy Like a Champ, we even give you like a Mad Libs called The Guide to My Pussy that you can do with your partners or share with future partners that can help you start to really uh, create this as a collaborative experience. Because the thing is, is that every pussy is different. And I know that what my pussy wants today is not the same as what my pussy wanted yesterday or what my pussy will want tomorrow. And so for me to expect anybody who's going down on me to know what I want is just unfair. It's unfair. So it's it, And I can be a generous lover not only by giving pleasure, but by also helping my lovers pleasure me. And so that's what I mean about being an active receiver is really helping your partner give you the most pleasure you can have. I love that. And I also love that you mentioned how different it is for, you know, the same person, that it can change and that it changes day to day. And I think that's really inspiring and important for people who are feeling uncomfortable in this area. I actually have a question from a listener. Would you mind if I shared? It's it's on a related subject, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Sure. Okay, so I received this from Shana, who wrote this. Hey, August, here goes nothing. I recently came out as bisexual, and after many relationships with guys, I'm starting to date women for the first time. I haven't had sex with a woman yet, partly because I'm nervous about going down on someone with my same genitalia. So far, none of the women I've dated have penises that I know of. I know how I like it to feel, but isn't everyone different? I've heard that lesbians are the best lovers, which actually intimidates me like there's some standard I won't measure up to. Thank you for the space to talk about these things. I'm a fan, Shana. What would you recommend for Shana? Well, the first thing I would say is, Shana, you are not alone. I felt that same way when I started eating pussy. It is really nerve-wracking, and there is a lot of pressure, and there isn't a lot of support in how to do it. So just like, I feel you. And second, what I would say is figure out how you can make it less stressful and more playful. And so one thing I recommend doing is naming the elephant in the room because if you don't, it's just going to stomp all over you. And so tell your partner, hey, I'm kind of new to this. I'm really excited to explore and I'm a little nervous. I'd love your feedback if you want to tell me either during or after. I just want to give you the most pleasure that I can give you. And if you centered around pleasure and this like shared intimacy rather than your sense of pride, then it'll just feel so much easier and and more fun. Definitely. I love that. And allowing ourselves to be vulnerable is so huge. And I think that could be such an exciting experience to share, you know, and to to know that you're in this together and and that, you know, that somebody trusted you enough to be that vulnerable with you can be really powerful. I can tell you that anytime I've opened up like that with a lover partner, they've never been like, eh, no, nah, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, so flattered. Yes, I'd love to help you explore. Yes, I would love to help you learn. Yeah, yeah. it's a really flattering thing to, to be asked. Totally, totally. I'm so glad you pointed that out. So what is kind of the, if you have like one main key, you talk about, you know, turning a woman on so that she's so hot um, that her internal clit is ready. And I'm not sure if everyone 
quite understands what that means. So could you kind of speak to the internal clit and the role of, of getting ready so that the fires are burning? Yeah. So the clitoris is on average around five uh, inches long. So that's quite long. And uh, not much of that is external to the body. Most of it is inside the body. And um, it actually splits. And so part of the clitoris wraps around the entire vagina. And so when a woman or when a person with a pussy is being penetrated, then that internal clitoris is being stimulated. Um, and the internal clitoris also splits and has these little spokes that go um, towards the hips and the back, the lower back and or where your upper butt is, which is why I don't know if you've ever had a really big orgasm, you'll feel some sensation back there sometimes. That's also your clit firing. And so a lot of turning on the internal, internal clit is about making blood uh, flood to that area of the body and start to create pressure and push on that internal clitoris. And you can do that a couple of ways. One is with massage, just like any massage increases blood flow to the area. So you can massage the inner thighs, the outer lips, the inner lips. You'd be surprised how few people actually take the time to massage pussy lips. It feels so good. And it is a really, really good way to warm up that clit. Um, you can massage the butt, the back. Uh, massage is fantastic. And then also thinking about how you can turn on the brain. Because turning on the brain is a huge way of sending blood to the pussy. And so teasing, foreplay, dirty talk, all of that are really good ways of starting to uh, – starting the pussy eating session before your mouth ever even touches the pussy. And slowing it down, I know, is a big step that you emphasize. Speaking of massage, why is that so important? Oh, well, because unfortunately, most sex ed that we get these days is from porn. And the time on that is just so unrealistic. And so I think it's both how long pussy eating goes on for or can go on for, but also like even each specific touch and lick and stroke we have all of these pattern and like, oh, I like to say pattern and they're not really, but we have these special hand moves and tongue moves that we feature in how to eat pussy like a champ. And uh, one of the add-ons to any of them is called the countdown. And it's this idea of counting it down to a, a count of five. So whatever a normal lick would be, then going one, two, three, four, five, and really challenging yourself to make one lick last at least that long or then do a 10 count. Like it's amazing when I talk about this in the workshop, I can see all of the people with pussies just squirming in the audience. <laughs> you can feel it. I mean, just hearing it. I do. I do feel it. You feel like, oh, there's this anticipation that starts to build. It is. It's so yummy. And so few people take like that delicious, delicious time. I mean, really just think about devouring the pussy. I mean, really show the pussy how much you are happy to be there, how not in a rush you are. Like as long as you're experiencing pleasure and, and happy to receive, like I am so excited to give. That's the kind of environment and mentality we really want to create. And what about for the person who feels very impatient as a receiver in that scenario? Because I've, I've certainly been there where I just feel like, why is it taking so long? Which I realize is more of like, I need to settle in and allow the arousal. But is it some? Is that also something that varies a lot as far as, you know, some people just want the quicker style? And is that something that varies also fluidly throughout our lives? Totally. Uh, yes. 
the answer to all of that is yes. I know for me, I love a really thorough warm up. And then when I'm in it, I mean, it is not looking slow any longer. I can tell you that much. Um, and there are also times where I just want to have a quickie. And, uh, and, and there are times where I just want it slow the entire time. I think the important part is having the range and um, being able to ask for what you want. And then knowing how and when to to ramp it up. So what would be some kind of indications to the person who's giving that it's time for that? Yeah, so um, body language is huge. Like if the person is starting to really push into you or like rock and, and, uh, and, and pump really quickly, like those are all really good indications that there's times to ramp it up. I will give you one indication when not to ramp it up. When somebody says don't, stop. That does not mean go harder, faster, deeper. It means don't stop. Whatever you're doing is perfect. Keep on doing it. (laughs) I love it. That is awesome. And then variety, mixing it up. When you say mix it up, are you talking about within the same kind of pussy eating session or in general? All of the above. And within the same session, uh, we like to really think about how we can incorporate toys and when I say we, I mean Amina McQueen, who is one of the women who teaches how to eat pussy with me sometimes. Uh, we really like to talk about how to incorporate toys and also uh, anal sex or uh, anal pleasure. Anal stimulation can be really hot for pussy eating. Awesome. So if somebody wants to work with you one-on-one, what is that coaching experience like and how could they do so? Yeah, coaching with me uh, is really tailored to the individual. So I help folks with a wide range of topics, including uh, sexuality as a vehicle for self-growth, dating with confidence, deepening intimacy, wide ranges of uh, developing school uh, skills for maximizing pleasure, all sorts of topics. And I work with individuals and with couples and uh, in person and Skype. So if you want to learn more, you can reach out to me on my website and uh, we'll set up a phone call to talk about that in more detail. Great. And that is turnon.love, correct? That's correct. Beautiful. And tell us about your upcoming workshops. So I know that you teach so much more about what you've shared today and people who might be in the area would probably love to join in. Yeah. So I have a dating demystified series with uh, pump up your profile, uh, rock that first date and uh, pick your persons. And then I have a couple other sexual empowerment workshops, Feel Your Way to Yes, The Radical Potential of No. I teach a tantra course called The Tantric Path to Intimacy. And I also teach a course called How to Be an Intuitive Lover. Ooh, I like that. Just quickly, what what does that mean? It's really about how do we get out of our heads and in our bodies when we're giving pleasure so that we can start to develop intuition. Intuition is a skill. And then we can have our intuition guide us in our experience so that we can start to feel pleasure when we're giving pleasure because we're no longer stressed about is what we're doing right. And we're more in tune to our, the fact that our partner is enjoying it and then that their enjoyment feeds our own. Uh, yeah, being present is so huge when we don't get caught up in those distracting thoughts. It's so true. And it's so natural that it happens. So the key is, what to do when it does. Mm, yeah, reeling yourself in, totally. And you also have a monthly discussion group. Is that something that people can join remotely? 
Yeah, definitely. It's a discussion group the first Wednesday of every month. You can find out more about it on my website and there will be a call-in option. So just go ahead and send me a message if you're interested in that and I'll make sure to post some updates about that on the site as well. Thank you. It's been so much fun talking with you today. I hope everyone checks out your website, turnon.love. And before I let you go, I'd love just some last advice. I know on your website, you talk about sexual empowerment coming from having deep self-awareness and the ability to express yourself clearly and confidently. What's one step anyone can take to cultivate that kind of self-awareness? Touch yourselves. Oh my goodness, I am such a fan of touching yourselves. And if it feels scary or not fun, then one thing I like to recommend for the ladies out there is take a bath, go ahead and stick your butt underneath the faucet, put your legs up on either side of the wall, and just let the water do the work for you. Put on your favorite music, light your favorite candles, just relax. If it's too much intensity, you know, you can let the water fill up above you so that you're um, soaked and submerged underneath the water and just like pretend like you're at the spa. (laughs) It's just so, it's so important to start to just develop this practice of being able to love ourselves and loving ourselves is a powerful way to love ourselves. Mm, Beautiful. Okay, everyone, that's your homework. It sounds so fun and luscious. Thank you again, Allie. And I wish you all the best. I hope everyone checks out your site, turnon.love. Thank you so much. It was such a joy talking with you. So, so fun. I want to hear how that homework goes. So you guys can tweet me. You can find me on Facebook. You can drop me a note through my website, augustmclaughlin.com. And please do send any questions that you might have. We love, love, love addressing them. And Shana, your question was so important. And Allie said exactly what I was thinking about communication and allowing ourselves to be vulnerable. I think it's really honestly the closest thing we have to a magical superpower in relationships, in the bedroom, everywhere. And as she said, everyone can feel a little bit intimidated. So here's what Dr. Megan had to say. You know, we don't start as experts. So um, I think it's great that you're already thinking about, you know, how do I sort of anticipate and prepare myself and what can I read? Um, But I think in part, it's like to think about your own turn-ons. And as I say that, recognizing each and every one of us, every woman, every man, we're completely different and unique in our own ways. So, um, you know, I think we can always use what feels good to us as sort of a guideline of where we might start, but we're always sort of open to feedback. Um, Because I think it is the best lover that is sort of committed to, you know, how can I experience the most pleasure for myself and give the most pleasure to my partner? And, you know, the reality is, um, you know, for some, it might be more speed, it might be more pressure. And I think you should, you know, go in and try and vary that as well as direct and indirect clitoral stimulation. Um, just use your tongue, use your tongue and hands. Um, but that you're really sort of staying in tune with your partner, right? That again, the foundation of arousal is relaxation, and this is new for you. So checking in with yourself, you know, how relaxed are you? How connected? How turned on are you feeling, um, with your female partner before sort of taking the step? And if you're seeing a lot of green lights or maybe a little yellow, cause I said it's new and, you know, feeling a little apprehension, anxiety, even after doing all this research and, thinking about anticipation, you know, that might be taking you out of the moment and into your head. So again, focus your mind in the sensations in the moment and what you're feeling, um, 
you know, sort of intuitively, you want to be sort of kissing, stroking, caressing your partner. And I think, you know, again, paying attention to her own breathing, um, the pulsation sort of of her hips and any noises that she might be making. Um, So, you know, I guess I hope I'm helping you recognize that there's, as I often say, no gold standard here. It's really about what do I like, how that may or may not be true for my partner. And really, you know, a great lover is one who's open and is curious and always trying on new things, I think, in my perspective. Um, But I also think there's a lot of uh, both of you just course, go online as we all do these days, you know, um, short articles that can give tips, uh, as well as books. There's one from the Sinclair Institute um, that is uh, oral sex that she'll never forget. And then there's another one I saw through Amazon, uh, Shanna Katz, Oral Sex That Will Blow Her Mind and an Illustrated Guide to Giving um, Her Amazing Orgasms. And I appreciate a lot of these books. Sometimes they might be from a heterosexual mindset, although I know Shanna's book is trying to make it gender neutral. Um, it's to always appreciate, you know, what works for you and doesn't. And I think having attraction to men, you might be uh, more receptive to uh, instructions and techniques and guidance that might ins- – Sometimes it's initially more geared to men. Um, but sort of a unique thing I'd also have you check out, which I think is definitely worth checking out, is called the Oh My God Yes, uh, omgyes.com. And this is a website and it's not an app. And it's actually based on sort of research looking at um, women uh, from the ages of 18 to 95. They sort of you know, compiled sort of the wisdom of, they say, over t- 2,000 uh, women. And what's unique about it is that you get to watch videos where women explain and demonstrate for themselves through their own masturbation sort of what techniques work for them, how they discovered it, and why it feels so good. And then there's also this unique feature. And again, that's the point of like, there's so many different, like some like it consistent, some like it a rhythm, some like edging, some like, you know, again, the direct, indirect, you know, pressure, you know, hearing firsthand and watching different women, how they pleasure themselves, I think will give you lots of ideas. Uh, But again, the unique feature is then it's sort of considered the world's first touchable videos. So as you touch, you actually get feedback in real time that you can then fine tune. And, you know, it's, we don't start as expert. And so it's sort of, you know, it's a website that helps you, I think, get a little more exposure and comfortable in your technique before you potentially might want to try it on with a partner. But again, there's no one uh, gold standard technique. Find the ones that work best for you. And as always, would love to hear how it goes. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. Amazing tips as always. And I can vouch for, oh my God, yes, it's amazing. And I would love to actually talk more about it on the show and about people's experiences because they really are doing revolutionary work in the in the field of pleasure. And it's amazing. Check out Dr. Megan at greatlifegreatsex.com. And Shana, she and I talked about your question and we both really just commend you for exploring your sexuality in these ways and just think you are into this exciting new foray. And we wish you all the best. So here is that awesome toy shop discount I mentioned, head over to adamandeve.com and use the code BONER at checkout to get 50% off one item plus free shipping on your entire order in the U.S. and Canada. So awesome. Certain exclusions apply. They have so much amazing stuff. Hop over there, adamandeve.com. Happy shopping and happy playing. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes if you haven't and leave us a simple review while you're there. 
For extras and a whole lot more, hop over to my website, augustmclaughlin.com or girlboner.org, where you can sign up for very occasional email updates in case I ever have any fun or important news to share. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.